This is the last episode before my wedding that we're recording. I know. This is going to, and this is going to come out like a couple, like three days before it. I know. What if I show up to Enroller um, and I'm like, hi, everyone. Thanks for coming. If you haven't listened to the pod yet, we have listening stations to the right. Oh my um, god! <laughs> like a fucking Virgin uh, Mega Record store. There's like a bunch you of know- <laughs> like a bunch of like stations to listen yeah. to our pod. We and got it's like show all the different episodes. Titled. Yeah, it's like not everyone can fight after our, our Mad Max episode. Okay, exactly. someone okay, needs to listen to the Wayne's World one. Okay. And out came talk, talk, talk. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Welcome back. It's Straight People Movies, bitch. Woohoo. It's the podcast where each week two gays explore movies straight people love, and we just ask the ever loving question Why? Why? And I feel like <laughs> our question fits very well with this director that we're actually going to be discussing mm-hmm. today Ooh. because it's always the why with. Mr. M. Night Shyamalan, isn't it? Oh, yeah. M. Night Wyamalan. Nope. M. Y. <laughs> no, that was good. M. Night Wyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was genius. Um, I will see y'all in jail. Yeah, we're going straight to prison for that one. Bye. Because, um, yeah, it's always like, with every single one of his movies, it's always like, wh- why? What? I mean, like, I'm here for it, but Why? Why did I do this? Why did you do this? Why are we doing this? this? Why is any of this happening? I didn't sign up for this. No. No. No, bitch. (laughs) And maybe you didn't sign up for this either. I really didn't. I mean, mean, clearly, because we've asked you 20, how many times? 23 23 times times. now. And I still, Mm -hmm. no one's slipped into my DMs to tell me why. I'm further away from it, if anything. Yeah, honestly, I feel like it's, yeah, it's just, it's like a Russian doll. Yeah. You know. Except the opposite, it keeps getting bigger. It gets bigger. The whole. We think bigger. we're getting there. We think we're taking one away, but it's actually we're adding one on there. Yeah, it's just the big. It's like the black hole. It's like it's like a black. It's hole. like it's like the universe. She she's ever expanding infinitely oh. in all directions. Oh mama. my god, mama. <sighs> oh, <laughs> fuck. Anyway, so we knew we wanted to do. An M. Night Shyamalan movie for the pod. Um, yes. Because we're trying to get in, because everyone's talking about old right now. Okay, yes. bitch. Like, everyone's yes. talking about it. So we were like, we maybe we'll get some plays, honey. Maybe we'll get some plays, Let's get bitch. it. Let's get it. But also, I think the toughest thing was deciding which movie to do by him. Really? It, it, I mean, M. Night has made so many... Great is a probably not the right word. Well, that's But he's so, made impactful. That's what's so fascinating about him. And we'll get more into it. But I feel like... He may be the most misunderstood director, literally, of all time. 100%. Yes, 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 And I think that it was important that we chose something critically acclaimed. Yes. Because I think it's important. Like, I feel like this one that we're doing, it was something that was, I don't think it was, like, as loved as, like, The Sixth Sense, but it was really well-liked, and I feel like it's aged really well, and people still really enjoy it. I think it's had the biggest legs of any of his movies. I agree. I feel like The Sixth Sense even hasn't had the legs this movie has at this point. And it's really interesting because I feel like all of his movies are so high concept and all of his, but I feel like it's, I I, I really want to get into it because it's so interesting to me that people love this movie, but then they hate like the village. 
Yeah, it's weird. Like, that is, like, the crux of the M. Night Wyamalan. Yeah. You know? like <laughs> The M. Night Wyamalan of it all. Like, what's the issue, honey? What is it? I don't understand. Uh, so, um, yeah, so we're doing Unbreakable. Do you want to tell us more about this film, Dylan? Yes. Real quick, I'm just going to, um, I'm going to sew this into the episode. Uh, my name is Dylan Garcy. Oh, oops. I totally <laughs> just wanted to talk about Unbreakable. You're good. Okay. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle. Perfect. Yes. So today we are talking about Unbreakable. I will put the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt theme song oh about a hundred times okay. in this episode. Maybe every time we say Unbreakable, I'll okay. Unbreakable. Let's do, let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, everyone. Future Dylan here. Um, I do not do that bit. Um, I didn't have time to edit it in because I've been busy doing wedding stuff. So, um, just kidding. I was watching The Amazing Race. So, um, look, I have a lot going on in my life. Just pretend that I did that bit. Okay, back to the podcast. I'll do. I'll, I'll drop it in. Um, so, but, yeah, today we were talking about Unbreakable. So, 2000... I hate saying like a 2000 because I, know, like, I feel like I'm about weird. to say like 2001 or 2002. Um, but anyway, it's the Unbreakable, the 2000 M. Night Shyamalan movie uh, starring Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson, and Robin Wright. Third and time, no baby. Third time. Uh, Robin, Robin, we love you. We love you. We love you. She's she's the patron saint of the pod. You had nothing to do in this movie, but honey, you still serve uh. <laughs> Queen, give us nothing. Yes. <laughs> Can you believe that Julian Moore was going to play her role? In fucking insane. What, if, what would Julian Moore have done differently? I mean, maybe that she does a really good cry. She does, uh, Julian Moore, the way she cries. <laughs> I wish y'all could see her faces right now. It's great. It's, it looks just like two Julian Moores. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this movie, it's a. Uh, it follows David Dunn, who is a stadium security guard who has never been hurt in his life or sick ever. Um, he becomes a subject of, of obsession of Elijah Prince, a.k.a. Mr. Glass, who is a man who has the same disease as one of the characters from that episode of Spongebob, where Spongebob and Patrick sell chocolate, and they meet that guy in the wheelchair who's like, I have paper skin and glass bones. That's his disease. Um, and it's just them becoming fascinated with each other. And, yeah. And uh, I'm actually going to start doing this. I won't add this into the introduction just because we want to tell people where to find the movie. Oh, yeah. It that's is, a great yeah. idea. I love it. I, I love it. Um, as of 20, July 2021, it is streaming on Peacock. Cock, cock. Peacock, cock. And I think that uh, I rented it on Amazon. So if you don't have Peacock, you can just shell out $4. Good $4 on Amazon. On Amazon. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. I love Pe- Peacock has all the good... Um, Hancock. What's a Hancock? Hitchcock movies. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Does it have Rebecca? Because Mama's been trying to search for that one forever, honey. It actually might. I think it might. Ooh. It's funny I say Hancock because Hancock is another a movie that you don't know is a superhero movie until it's a superhero movie. Oh yeah. Like yeah. this one. Yeah. Like yeah. So interesting. Did you know? Because I think. It's so interesting to me. I was reading about this movie right before we started recording. Doing a little mm-hmm. bit of light research, honey. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to me that M. Night Shyamalan wanted to advertise this movie as a superhero movie. And the studio, I think it was Touchstone, didn't mm-hmm. want to do that because superhero movies were so out at the time. That's Isn't so that crazy. so funny to think about? Insanity. And they, they advertised it as a thriller. But I actually think that that ends up working well for the movie because I remembered seeing this as a kid. With mm-hmm. my mom when I was probably like 12 or 13. And I feel like the superhero stuff is so... I mean, 
maybe not as nuanced as like an art house film, but I think yeah. for like a mainstream movie, it's a pretty nuanced approach to the genre and it ends up being really surprising. And I'm kind of glad that the movie didn't like push the superhero thing too much before you saw it, you know? Yeah. And I like that it like treats super, it like talks about the, like it treats superhero movies as like an art form and like as a, a valid, like, cultural expression instead of just like how superhero movies are now where it's just like a western almost where i feel like the the genre of superhero movie is so deflated by itself where it's like in 19 in 2000 whenever this came out whatever to like to critically evaluate and to bring to the same level as other art forms as that comics were is radical it was radical and i actually no one like really cites it as an influence but it's gotta be an influence on like i'm just gonna say it the dark knight dark knight because I feel be. like it's blend of being comic booky in its aesthetic in terms of its cinematography and editing. It has this very like comic book feel, but it feels real world. It feels like it's, you know, real life. It's Philly. Like it's not trying to be mm-hmm. a different universe like Gotham or whatever. Like this is yeah. like a real life superhero. And I feel like a couple other movies have tried that before, but I feel like this is the only movie that's done it successfully. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, and up to this point, like the superhero movies that you have are. You have Superman in the 70s, and you have Batman late 80s, mid 90s, and and those are both just like fabulous, like just weird shit that don't really take it seriously, and in fact, like make fun of it almost. Yeah, they do, honestly. Like, I love the Batman movies because they're camp, but I feel like comic book yeah. fans are not as like huge on that era. Mm-hmm. And like then you have X. Well, then you have Blade. Well, Blade. X Men and Blade. And then X Men was nineteen ninety nine, right? Yeah, yeah. Blade is ninety eight, and X Men is ninety nine, and those are the biggest. It's really, I feel like people when they talk about like the the I feel like they forget the first X Men and Blade as far as like touchstones as to, like the modern comic book expression. Absolutely, it's usually like Spider Man two and like uh, Iron Man three, or like these are like, really big touchstones. But I feel like those two are, like, just as important as, like, setting, like, a new uh, way of thinking. I agree. And I, I think that Unbreakable, it exists, it feels like it still exists outside the superhero thing, yes. though. Like, people still don't really see it as, like, a, like, critics maybe, like, cite it as an important film. But I don't feel mm-hmm. like when you talk to, like, comic book fans, like, it's, like, Unbreakable really gets brought up. Probably because it's an original story. It's not based on mm-hmm. anything, which is, I think, a feat into itself. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. movie is structured like an origin story. It, like, has, like, the twist at the end, which is, like, mm-hmm. very – has a, a very comic book twist, very cliffhanger twist. Yep. And it's really all well executed. I remember when I rewatched it, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me is its cinematography is fucking good. Oh. That's it's the th- good. Okay. So we talk about Unbreakable, and then also the reason we're doing this pod is because the new episode of because uh, of his new movie uh, Old is out. Old also beautiful, exquisite cinematography in that movie. It's crazy. It's so funny because I rewatched Signs a couple weeks ago actually, and I, nothing about its cinematography really stood out to me. Like I think it's got a great vibe. It's got a great story. Mm-hmm. I like personally love its whole like religious overtone thing. Yes. Like I think it works really well. IMO. Some people don't like it. Um, but Unbreakable it has like stunning cinematography Like that opening mm-hmm. shot of him on the train With the woman that he hits on And it's like going back and forth in between the seats And you realize later it's the POV of a little girl Like watching them Beautiful. I'm like hell yeah And or, no, It yes. wasn't even the opening sequence The opening sequence is Mr. Glass's birth Ugh. And it's like all mirrors and it, shit It's so fucking good, it's so, good. it's so sick Yeah, it really It's has crazy this came like Eight months after The Sixth Sense. Like, it came, like, so soon after The Sixth Sense. 
I really do think, and we're going to probably spend a lot of time talking about the M. Night Shyamalan of it all, because yeah. I think that more than any other director ever, we've not, not ever seen quite the fall to disgrace mm -hmm. that M. Night Shyamalan has experienced. And I would yeah. say most of it being pretty unfair. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so let me pull up his... Let's just talk about okay. him. Let's talk about him. Let's just okay. talk about Miss M. Night. So... I think there are... He has two big blows. Okay, so I've never seen Praying With Anger. This is like a student film. I have seen Wide Awake. I've seen Wide Awake. It was like one of those movies that would just kind of be on TV. Yes. I like... I, you know I love Rosie, so I, <laughs> I stand Rosie. Love that shit. Um, and it, his first like, big horror movie is Sixth Sense. Gets all the Oscar nominations. It is a cultural phenomenon. It's so Still funny. to this day. It's so funny, though. I rewatched it. Like, not too long ago. And it's good. I'm not saying it's not. But mm -hmm. I don't think it held up quite as well as, like, say, Unbreakable did. Yeah. Maybe because it was such a cultural touchstone and it's been parodied to death. Yes. There is something. But there, that's the thing about him, though. He's got this Spielbergian quality. This, like, mm -hmm. earnestness. Like, completely yeah. sincere. And The Sixth Sense yeah. is a sincere movie. And so is Unbreakable. Yes. I think that's what throws people off about his movies. And I think his movies got more earnest as they kept going. And he was trying to, and the leaps he wanted us to make with him started mm -hmm. getting bigger, I think. And I yes. think that's where he lost a lot of people. So yeah, he has like a really good kind of like unstoppable three runs. So it was like Sixth Sense, Signs, and The Village. Or, sorry, Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs, which are a pretty great three film run. Right. And then he stumbles with The Village, which The Village? The Village is underrated. <laughs> village? That movie is gorgeous. Great. Great movie. And I think the reason why no, – why don't people like The Village? Is it because it's more of like a drama at the end of the day over anything yeah, else? it's more of a drama. And I think people were like going into his movies less to like criticize or to like watch it as a movie and more of like a 90-minute twist. I think that that's the thing that he fucked himself over on. Mm -hmm, is being known for a twist. Right. But it's so funny because the, the, the twist, quote unquote, in signs is not even really a twist. Actually, I think it's really beautiful. Like, I actually got an argument with my partner about it because he didn't like the ending of signs. He thought it was really okay. cheesy. But I think that the whole movie, like, it wouldn't work without the ending. Like, it yeah. need, like it's like it's all about believing in God again. So it's like, first off, take off your thinking caps, everyone. Like, that's the problem. Like, take off your mm -hmm. thinking caps. This is Take it off. an earnest, populist movie made for everybody. This is about middle class, working class America. These people believe in God. Respect it, okay? Like, that's what the mm -hmm. movie's about. Like, okay? Yeah. And the ending is, like, God's plan of proving to Mel Gibson, like, I know that you're grieving. I know you're upset with me. But this all happened for a reason. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Brilliant. And honestly, if anything, Signs gave us one of the all-time great scary movie gags. Where it's the sheriff in Scary Movie 3 goes to the house. Oh my god, and so her hat good just with gets the hat. bigger every That really <laughs> every is the brain. best part. Best. God, what a fucking funny movie. That was really good. Yeah, great. Scary Movie 3 is great. So well, that's the other just... thing, though, I think about Signs, yeah. though. I think it like was well-liked, and then Scary Movie mm -hmm. 3 did such a good job of making fun of it that I feel yeah. like people remember Scary Movie 3 more than the actual movie Signs. Yes. You remember two things from Signs. You remember the ending with the water, and, you're, and either you're like, I, I like this as a grand... Uh, unifying connection of the movie, or I think it's dumb. And you also remember the footage from the birthday party. Oh, iconic. One of the scariest I've ever seen on So anything. good. And Mr. Joaquin, he Mama. is a peak hotness in Signs. Yes, ma'am, she is. Oh, so hot. But I think what's really interesting about Signs is, like, I feel like people love to just make 
him stupid, like in Night Shyamalan. Like they're like mm-hmm. they're like, why would aliens come to an Earth with like sixty five percent water? Like that doesn't sit right with me. And I'm like, there's a literally a scene in it's just like Titanic. They address it in Night Shyamalan in his little cameo that he does in every single one of his movies because I just mm-hmm. watched this, so I remember. He's he literally says they're saying online that for some reason all of these like. Like, all the aliens are, like, really in landlocked areas. Mm-hmm. So he's like, so I'm yeah. going to the lake, bitch. That's the thing. Well, also, like, okay, and if, imagine if, uh, let's roll reverse, whatever. We find a way to, like, go, like, deep, deep, deep in the galaxy, whatever. The way that, like, we can't even, like, comprehend some, like, things that would kill us. Like, we wouldn't, like, if we, if we have never, if we as aliens, whatever, have never touched water or seen water or are familiar with what water is like why the fuck would we like we wouldn't know what it is like does that make sense i mean totally and maybe they figured it out at like as they were going along and they were like well and these people like, oh, seem fuck. so fucking stupid that i think that we can still take this shit over even if this yeah. sh- this water stuff yeah what doesn't water sit shit? right with us yeah it's you not know? like the alien it's not like if we saw a planet that was made entirely of like rat poison and we were like Let's still fucking go. Like I, that's that's how I bought buy it in my head. Is like they just like they don't you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? Right, totally. And I, again, what I like about the movie is it's not about the aliens. The aliens no. are just an exterior factor to have Mel Gibson prove his faith again. Like that's all it is. The exactly. aliens are secondary. It's about yes. the family. That's the thing about M Night. Like that's it's, the thing no one's getting. It's not about he. That's why I like him mm-hmm. though. It's like it's. He takes sci-fi and genre elements, but at the end of the day, it's always a very human drama. Like, mm-hmm. That's what he's doing. And, yeah. I, and I'm not saying you don't have to, like, you have to like science. I just think that people are too hard on him. It's just like, yeah. if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But at the end of the day, like, I think he's a good filmmaker. And yeah, yeah starting with The Village, it starts getting village. pretty. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to admit something. I used to be What's one up? of those girlies. That shit mm-hmm. on Mr. M. Night, okay? Because mm-hmm. I saw Leading the Water in theaters, and I thought that movie Ooh. was garbage, but only <laughs> because the world told me it was garbage. And you I really want to watch it. Yeah. I'm curious to see how it's held up. Because there are people on Letterboxd that stand by his movies, and like people that I respect that I follow that are like five stars Leading in the Water. Okay. And the Cahier yeah. du Cinema, if we want to get real pretentious, That's the good. French magazine, they put Leading the Water in their top ten films of that year. Insanity. But love it. You know what? Let's rewatch it. I want to rewatch it. You want to rewatch it? Let's rewatch it. Yeah, because we'll some, I remember we'll it, was, it, was, it. it was visually stunning. I remember. Yeah, it was very fantastical. Mm-hmm. And then the poster's great. Love the poster, but no. But that's but when it then, started. Like the village so, is where it started. It get worth leading the water, and now then the happening. Then the that, happening of it all. It's the one-two punch of the happening and last Airbender. Oh, like, that's where it really was garbage. over. And then last Airbender unwatchable i so that's the one like i looked up on letterbox that's the one everyone agrees is bad like that movie yes. is just bad yeah it's been that whitewashes a lot of it it's a movie that doesn't get the tone of the tv show and people on the fucking internet are so fucking horny for the last airbender and like yeah, you don't do you it exactly it right. yeah you couldn't fuck you it really up. Couldn't you can't win up. by doing that it's like if you did like a fucking i don't know like a steven universe show or something like that like there's no way you can do it right um Show anything that's like references like deep, not deep in it, but like Reddit internet is like, girl, it's too late. It's too late. Yeah, too it's late. True. Well, let's. I want to talk about the happening for a second because I think yeah. that. So I've claimed in the past that I think it's the worst movie I've ever seen, <laughs> but I've seen some interesting points made on mm-hmm. the internet about the happening, and it's like at the end of the day, is the happening 
it's just a B movie. I mean, it feels movie. like a B movie. It looks like a B movie. Like, mm-hmm. am I? Are we just being unfair to the happening? Like, was it on purpose? Is it just a ridiculous premise? I think it's one of those things where he just happened to make a shitty movie, but it's like fun, shitty. I, you know, some, every, I mean, everyone has entertaining one to watch. I think that's yeah. the thing. It's like I, I want to rewatch it because I think that, for example, like a movie that I think is actually the worst movie I've ever seen is like Les Miserables. Yes. <laughs> with Hugh Jackman, because it's a movie that tries to be good and it fails in every single way. Yes. Where I, I feel like the 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 failure of the happening, whatever, like the, the falling down or whatever, you're not falling that far because it's not trying to achieve that much. Right. And at the Whereas end Whereas Les Mis is trying to be the fucking movie that it's the trying first to be, movie yeah, ever. That, it's trying to be that girl. My, yeah. I will say this. One of my favorite things in a movie that I've ever seen in my entire life is when uh, Mark Wahlberg is talking to a rubber plant and he goes, please don't hurt us. We're just here to use the restroom. Like I still remember (laughs) that line and that delivery. And then he realizes it's rubber. And I'm like, but now that I'm like making fun of it again, I'm like, that's kind of brilliant. Yeah. It's it's, hilarious. It's funny. It's funny. Well, that's the thing. Like, well, like his first few movies were comedies. I think in my, is fine. I think we just misunderstand. We think he is this entirely self-serious, boring dude that tries to make like really like, (sighs) <sighs> movies, but he is like you said, like a family man and also like a comedian. But like, there's funny shit in Unbreakable. Is that the issue though? Is he trying to be too many things at once? Because I think with like I the happening, so. for example, I've read arguments that the movie, like the dialogue, is very strange in the movie, and everyone makes fun of it because they all say like things like "gee whiz," and they're like, <laughs> "Oh whoa!" And a lot of people argue like, "Oh, it's like a metaphor for like they're all like children that won't grow up," and the movie's like forcing them to like be adults and I was like okay so this is a director that wants to make analogy movies that are gonna be liked by everybody like have working class characters Mm -hmm. so it's like simultaneously he makes understandable but not understandable movies and like isn't that like low-key a serve honestly no one else is doing it no one like she is look we love we stand um, I have never seen okay so I want to talk about Devil for like two seconds even though he didn't direct it he just like wrote it and stuff um, I remember there was a viral video that went out and there was a people somebody like took a video of the trailer of, in the theater oh I remember this happened to me in the theater said, too yeah whenever it said in Matt Shyamalan people started laughing like that was like how hard he had fallen from the is top is he the most famous director next to Steven Spielberg because I don't feel I'm, like the regular population knows who like PTA is maybe Tarantino yeah. and the Coen brothers, but yeah, I'd, say I'd say more people know M. Night Shyamalan than them. I mean, probably like, I'd say like, he's probably out there like top five, like like modern directors, like just, that, just name recognition alone. Yeah. Like, like if, if you say Shyamalan, like you know what that is. Yeah. Everyone knows who that is. That's so yeah. wild. It's so wild. Um, the visit I'd never seen. I think that was kind of like a, a lesser work, but I've, I've heard, heard people like it. People that are fans of it say it's kind of like a return to form and I've yeah. heard it's fun and good. I mean, old yeah. people are scary. I, I want to watch it. Um, yeah. I also, I looked up After Earth, the Will oh, Smith, yeah. Jaden Smith movie. And lo and behold, Roger Avery, who directed The Rules of Attraction, he gave it five stars. Good for him. And there's <laughs> other people in there that were also kind of like, being like, After Earth is good. And I'm like, okay. okay hmm. Do you think? Because I feel like After Earth, I mean, other than The Last Airbender, is probably his only other like full on sci-fi like other yeah. world movie. It's not yes. like set in this world. Just left turn. Not set in Philadelphia. It's not set in Philly. <laughs> not set in the Philly of it all. The Philly of it all. Oh, the and Philly then of it all. finally we get Split, which is we a great split, which, fucking movie. Yes. I feel like whenever we, I feel like people are listening to that, like, when the fuck are they going to talk about Unbreakable? We have, sorry, we have to set all this groundwork. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we get so, so, so Split. 
two things it did. Two For, things. First movie in a long time that I think the general public liked by M. Night Shyamalan. But since it made signs, so much fucking money. And it made a lot of money. James McAvoy is amazing in it. Anya Taylor-Joy became, you know, recognized mm-hmm. for this. And then it became the, uh, like, a sequel to, like, who would have thought exactly. that at the end of Split, it'd be like, and this is a sequel to Unbreakable. Yeah, you wait. Mind yeah, blown. In 18 years. Or, yeah, new, yeah, 18 years from Unbreakable to Split. And people went not, nutso for it. People went fucking crazy it's whenever like, you find it, out like, that Can you imagine? People weren't even that excited when My Bloody Valentine released a new album after 18 no. years. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> people weren't even excited whenever Donda got announced. Yeah, people were like, mm. Donda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, so the gag of Split being the sequel to this movie that had been, I feel like such a word of mouth movie. Like, Unbreakable, it wasn't like the thing, like they weren't referencing it on SNL or whatever, but like the people who love Unbreakable fucking adore this movie. And I movie. guess We're the talking general population about, yeah. like remembers Unbreakable. They remember like, it, yeah. The gag. Yeah, because it's a, it's a movie that's one of those things where it's like the the film Twitter, the filmarati, the kind of that they don't talk about it. It's not like the before series or I feel like, like people now talk Paddington about Unbreakable, too. but they needed to wait. Like nah. it's like after Split, and everyone's like, oh yeah, Unbreakable's great. It's like well, you were a fake fan. You're a fake fan. Yeah, it's it's the really like a populist thing, like Unbreakable, and then people were excited because the next movie it was Glass, which was the final in the trilogy. I liked Glass. I Am I crazy? Glass. I never. I know people like didn't like it as much. I I liked it. I mean, it kind of tries to do too many things at once, but it's also like the ending of a like superhero trilogy. Like that kind of comes with the territory. Is uh, Vera Farmiga? In, oh no, Sarah Paulson is she in this one? Oh, I think she is in that one. It's been a minute since I watched it. I watched it when it came out. Sarah but, Paulson. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Still made a bunch. Made a shit ton of money. Made two hundred forty-seven million. I will yeah. say this about Split, though. Can I, I just want to say this about Split, though. Yeah. It's like one of those things. It's like an M. Night Wyamalan for sure, where it's like sometimes <laughs> the choices he makes, like, I'm like into it, but I'm also like, I take a step back and I'm like, I think this is actually kind of brain dead. With Split, I think the whole thing with like Anya Taylor-Joy and James McAvoy both have powers because they're broken inside was like a really strange thing to sell people. Oh, God. Like, oh, if you're like abused and shit, like, you're yeah. going to be a superhero and i'm like i mean mm, i don't know if, like i can get I don't know. doesn't that kind of like fully undermine the like thing of unbreakable where it's like you're just maybe she's born with it maybe she's unbreakable like because nothing happened to bruce that made I, him exactly like that. he was just born I, that way i didn't even like think about that until you mentioned it but i do think that it, even even a broader sense of the whole story it makes no yeah. sense because it's like david dunn the whole thing is he's like the tentative hero like He's just like, he doesn't even, re- can you, okay, first off, I, I love Unbreakable, but I'm going to clown it a lot because it's just so easy to clown his movies. But like, yeah. it's so funny to me that this man is in his 40s and he can't remember if he's ever been sick a day in his life. Girl. Don't you think look, he would have realized that at some okay. point? At one point. Like, just been like, been hmm, like it's kind of weird that y'all are sick and I've never been sick. Hmm, I don't know what it's like yeah. to cough. <laughs> yeah, you're walking into CVS like, what is this? What's a pharmacy? Yeah, you're like. I don't have to take medicine. Like, I just feel like you're around people that do get sick. Like, maybe if you were, like, everyone around you didn't get sick, you wouldn't notice. But I feel like... Even if there was a thing that, like, everyone in the entire world did that I didn't do, like, I would feel fucking crazy. Yeah. (laughs) It's so bizarre. Anyway. But, yeah, I think it's... I think it's... It it was, like, I don't want to say dangerous because I'm not, like, one of those Twitter girls that's, like, "Uh media, like... It's dangerous. But it's dangerous. But I do think it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit at the end when it's, like, the reason why we're special is because we've been abused. I was, like, okay, you can't. I come night, through TikTok. Honey like, bunch. <laughs> you can't be telling people shit like that. That's like not okay. No. But no. 
But like, okay, I'll, I'll whatever. It's a superhero thing. It's a superhero movie. And it was dark and it was different and it's very him. It's very him. Because he's got this mm-hmm. big empathy for his characters that I think shines through in all of his movies. Yeah. And like that's kind of what I like about Old a lot. Old, old is good to great. I think there's some people who are need to calm down. Uh, but it is exactly as this I, I he finally figured out the scale of movie to make. Like it feels like Unbreakable or Unbreakable is like as big of a movie as it needs to be. That's how I feel about old. Where old is like exactly as grand as it is. Also, it has two of the most horrifying death scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, I'm scared to watch it. I just think that I conceptually, the idea of being like a six-year-old child and then you become like an adult, like you're in an adult Uh body, but you're still like a child inside. That really doesn't sit right with me, honey. Oh, yeah. It's like, I think I talked about it before, but it's like, you know when you watch Birth and you're like, is this legal? Yeah. There's some of the stuff that happened in old. You're like, (laughs) like, is this okay? It's okay. Who, who? Biden, did you allow this? I think that what's happening, though, and I'm really glad we're talking about Unbreakable and talking about M. Night in general, though, is I feel like, so Old's getting middling to bad reviews from critics. But audiences who have been hating on him, even more than the critics, I think it's to a certain degree for the last 20 years, are standing up for this movie. And they're Mm -hmm. they're the ones that are like, hey, we're done with this M. Night hate. Like, what is y'all's issue with him? Like, it's a fun, well-shot, like, genre Mm -hmm. movie, like, Y'all need to calm down. And I, I agree. I think that it's like, I'm, I think we're all collectively over the M night hate. Yeah. It's boring. It's just like, if you don't like M night, like it's just like, it's boring. You haven't watched a movie of his in 20 years. Yeah. It's just like, he does what he does. Well, he makes, a, you can't take this away from him. He makes memorable fucking movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I would die to have a run. Like the sixth sense, unbreakable signs, the village, the happening, and that, and split like those are all movies that are like one where you know what it is. Yeah, because it's like no matter how bad the happening is, it's a it's an unforgettable movie. Yeah, like go to some dude on the street and be like, "What is this plot of La Strada?" Yeah, they don't give a fuck about no Fellini, bitch. Shut no, mama. the fuck up. Get the fuck away from you. Yeah. yeah, it's like whenever there's like people that like will interview like artists who are one hit wonders, and then they're like, I can't remember who it was. It was I listened to a podcast. Probably new radicals because I feel like Probably that guy's radicals. like I'm chilling. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, I have more hits than anyone, than 99% of the population. That's like, here, so I, we're kind of, seg- like, kind of whatever, but I, I, I think this is a thing I really think and I try to, like, express to people a lot. I think it's weird how we talk about artists in general and we're like, mm-hmm. wow, they're a flop. They only had one hit. I'm like, dude, they're, like, sitting on millions of dollars. Oh, If I could write one hit song and be set for the rest of my life, you best believe that I would do that and never work a day in my life again. Yes. And you're going to clown these people? I know. Well, those are just jealous. You're just so jealous. And then, like, I think the other, something kind of like, kind of on the equal opposite strand of that, I was like, the Lucy Dacus album that's been getting a lot of critical acclaim. People have been talking about on Twitter for that. She had, like, tweeted something about her, like, her and her roommates. And I was like, oh, wait, fuck. Lucy Dacus, like, is playing like Red Rocks and still has to have like roommates. Like she's not Dude, making any money. That's the thing. Like we were talking about this last night a little bit. I think it's like uh, his Zeus like met some dude the other night who like he like looked up his music and like he's like on a Pitchfork playlist and he's like doing oh, relatively shit. well as an electronic musician, I think. Um and he's like he's just some guy. And I'm like, yeah, like I once worked with somebody like at Cafe, Cafe Medici who like was in a, a what pretty well known alt country band. He's like on lists for like best alt country albums of all time like <laughs> like if the thing is if you don't have big big success like mm-hmm. you're still you like a regular success. dude like i love the band true widow from dallas and they're like bartenders mm-hmm. at bars in dallas like that's crazy you know what i mean like that's yeah. the thing like 
even fucking probably someone like Mitski even probably like. Mm, no, she has rich parents. Uh, okay, never mind. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's but like. Yeah. Like if you're not if you don't have rich parents, which is you know that's the other that's another side of the story. Yep. But it's you know you still gotta work, bitch. Like. Yeah. Fuck. That's kind of what I love about like <laughs> Megan, Megan Thee Stallion. That like she's still in college. I love. Could you that imagine? Could you imagine like being in your you know <laughs> your intro to Kim class with Megan Thee Stallion? Well, she never goes. I'm sure she probably has like. Oh some yeah, sort of she's online classes only. But yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, love uh, it. Though. On the Zoom screen, the camera is never on. Well, anyway, back to Unbreakable. Back Let's to talk about Unbreakable. <laughs> so I think we've really set the stage. Yeah. So M Night Shyamalan is having kind of a, I think a reevaluation is starting to happen on the yes. internet. I don't think it's happening yes. fully yet. Like we haven't seen a full article. But mm-hmm. the articles are about to come, I think. I think they're coming. They're coming. Like, I think people are ready to stand up for him. Yes. And be like, he's probably one of the most interesting mainstream directors that we have. Like, name another mainstream director that makes a movie like The Lady in the Water. Like, exactly. you got to give it to him at the very least. That he well, there's that really, different. like, I, I, there's this, like, that Newsweek cover that people use. So it's like, dunk on him that says, like, Shyamalan, the next Spielberg. And I'm like, he's, that's not that off, far off. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, I mean, I have yeah. it, but I mean, I guess yeah. he can't be the next Spielberg because of his run, but I think that he's more interesting than Spielberg. Let's just be honest yeah. here. Let's be real. I mean, Spielberg, Spielberg makes good movies, obviously. They're like yeah. classics that everyone loves, but I think that the path, Shyamalan has a Spielberg touch and he's decided mm-hmm. to go down a path of chaos with it. And I respect yes. that. Honestly, yes. You could either, what is it, die, become a hero, or you live long enough to make old. Exactly, honey. Yes. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Unbreakable. What a movie! I, what a movie! I love that movie. I thought it was. I so thought much it fun. was great. I thought it held up great. really well. I thought the acting, for the most part, was pretty good. He gets really mm-hmm. good performances out of children. I've noticed. Yes. Oh, the kid in the movie is so good. He's in Glass. It was like really weird watching Glass because oh, he's like a like he's our age. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's like weird. It like it's That's like because he was in a lot of movies as a kid. I feel like. Okay. I like recognize that kid's face and I it was like weird saying like adult him. Yeah. Um but yeah, I great. think I think Samuel L. Jackson's like incredible. Samuel this. this is I think my favorite performance by him after yes. fiction. It's you watch it and you're like because you feel like so much of Samuel L. Jackson, it's the kind of the same thing with like I don't not it's not as bad as like Nick Cage where it's like he's become like shorthand. And it's like fully a joke, but he's not because he's not a joke like now. No, like, no, and he's Nick never Cage really is, been a joke. Even really on a plane, joke. he leaned yeah. so into it. That yeah. he was always in on, like, the joke, quote-unquote. Yes, but whenever Samuel Jackson phones it in, you can kind of tell it. You can tell he has certain beats. Like, this is, like, acting mama. Oh, yeah. He's great in this. And Incredible. And it's such a different role for him. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like this is one of the only roles I've seen by him where he's like, oh, he's, like, really playing against type in this. Mm-hmm. And he's succeeding. And it's so funny. I mean, obviously, we're going to have to talk about the twist, but it was so funny. I was watching this with my friend, Audrey, fan of the pod. Hi, Audrey. Love Audrey. Hi, Audrey. And it was really fun watching with her because she'd never seen it. And I was like, I really want to watch this with someone that hasn't seen it before because I yeah. need to see this reaction. And yeah. I paused the movie right before the reveal because I had to go pee. And she's <laughs> like, it's so funny. She's like, you know, he has everything about him is like a classic villain. You know, he's dressed like a villain. He's like wearing all black. <laughs> he's got like the crazy hair. He's like very strange. But it's like so interesting that the movie decided not to go in the direction of him being the villain. And You're I was like, like, uh-huh. And then I like uh-huh. press play and she was like, she was like, that was fucking amazing. Yeah. She, that was so smart. I like, didn't see it coming, even though it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Also, psychotic that this movie came out like a year before 
For real. Because the 9-11-ness of it is, like, scary. And I'm surprised that the movie wasn't, like... Maybe that's why people don't talk about it as much. Or, like, it's kind of, like, it faded to the background (laughs) for a while. Because I think people are like... "Mm." Is this our second movie about someone... Okay, so we've had a a plane crash. Now we've had a train crash. Oh, yeah. And now we have another... Oh, we had a train train to Busan. Train to Busan. Okay. Oh, that was our second train crash. Transportation straight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like movement is straight. (laughs) But Honestly, we walk so fast. Walking walk is so gay. Fast. Every Walking's other form gay. of movement is is straight. No, moving. Exactly. Sorry, walking and dancing is gay. Yes. Well, the thing is that like we'd have to like engineer a car or like a plant. Like how? What? Oh, girl! If you lived all the gays on Earth, what would we do? What would we do? No, we just we no, just start we just walking everywhere. Again. We die. We just yeah. fast walk everywhere. <laughs> it would be. Uh, oh fuck! What am I saying? It would be like in a. I don't know. I don't know. No. What? <laughs> Never mind. Cancel. Sorry. I was yeah. trying to think of a manga. You know that manga where it was like the, there's <laughs> like an earthquake, and then on the side of the mountain, all those like people-shaped slots are in the mountain, what? and then people, and people start like walking into. It's like a, it's like you know whenever like in Bugs Bunny, whenever he would like jump through like a, a wall and it'd be like a Bugs Bunny-shaped hole in the wall. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like that basically shows from the side of the mountain, and people are like, hmm, that looks like me, and they like shimmy their way through it but then they all get like stretched out and weird um it's what so the fucking fuck horrifying are you talking about sorry that's this a, is, that was, this that's is that, what gay thing that happens be. every episode of spm where you just say something <laughs> to me and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about but i'm living you're living girl i'm gagging <laughs> i'm gagging um, can we talk about the best part of the movie which is Let's definitely when bruce wilson go, wills goes to a, a train station to feel people to see which crime yes. to yes it is so good he it's literally good. stands and lets people touch up and he's like Ooh, he's like, this person stole jewelry. And I was like thinking, I was like, you better not go after her. And he did it. And I was like, yes, yes. Fuck capitalism. But then he feels like a janitor or something. Or no, it's not the janitor. The janitor is the one that killed the family. No, Mm -hmm. he feels someone that like rapes a girl. And I love Uh, that. Like after that, he was like, "Mm, I'm thinking about it, but I feel like (laughs) I'm feeling like there might be someone worse than that here. Anyone else? Anyone else? Got anything worse than rape? I? I just thought the whole sequence was just insane. Like it's, insane. it's like a, it's like a visual spidey sense, and I was like, "This is that was the furthest reach the movie did for mm-hmm. sure." But yep. I lived for it. Lived. It was so lived. ridiculous, and and that's the thing is, movies could be campy, but they're not. No, but it this should is... be campy, probably. Yeah, this movie is so subdued and so quiet. I love it. I love, love it. it. I love that part is so iconic to me. It's and then so he's great. like, ooh, this guy kidnapped a family. I ooh. think I found my first. Ooh. I'm having a good time with you. Oh, so good. I oh mean, I think I, I I, definitely, we'll talk about my favorite part in the gay section. Um, oh, yeah. Do you want to, let's go, let's go straight. Let's, let's go, go straight. Why do straight people, why do they love this? I mean. Um, well, I well, First off, I want to throw this out here. I yes. think this might be uh, this actually might be the straightest movie we've done. Honestly, yes, because there's is. like nothing. Technically, gay about it. it is. I love it, but yeah. technically, it's the straightest movie we've done. There's yeah. bare. We scrap. We are gonna go for scraps for the gay section. Oh, for real? Like until you, it's two things, and like one of them's barely a thing. Yeah, it's like the movie is very straight. It's like a comic book movie, which mm-hmm. and and. And it's taken seriously. And I think that the, yes. at the time, like, I don't know. I would love to talk to, like, a comic book fan that's maybe a little bit older that saw this, like, when it came out. But, like, mm-hmm. it must have been very, like, nice, like, to feel like something yes. you really enjoy, like, gets, like, a 
serious Hollywood treatment, you know? Yeah, I feel like now there's no such thing as, like, like, the only thing I can think of that's, like, truly detritus is, like, Twitch streams and, like, YouTube culture. Like, internet culture, because, like, everything is, like, actually, this shitty thing that everyone hates is actually good. Right. Um, so everything gets defended now, except for, like, yeah, like, what I would think is, like, I don't see anyone, like, defending, you know, beauty bloggers or, like, or, yeah, like, family YouTube accounts. Like, that's the last step of, like, to try. Like, even, like, since, like, those, like, a uh, last year, that big, I think we talked about it before, the big re-evaluation of, like, corn. Right. Yeah, or, like, I feel like soon there's going to be something that's, like, 303, actually iconic. Bitch. I think 303 is on their way there for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. I think that it's so hard to, like, parse through this because I do consider myself uh, someone that tries to have good, quote, taste. Mm-hmm. I think 303 has its place in this world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I'm the kind of person that's like, I don't like 303. Like, I wouldn't choose Listen to 303, but if I'm at the club... I'm not going to be mad if a 303 song comes on because it's no. fun to dance to. And I think that that maybe is where we're going. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's like, I think people were ironically liking things for a while there. And then I feel like 100 Gex actually, like, really flipped the switch on that because they were like, mm-hmm. we don't even ironically like this stuff. We just like it. No, like, we it's love like, it. we don't need this, like, sheen. Like, yeah. it's like, I like corn. Like, I like emo music. Like, like I love Skrillex. Like, friend of yeah. the Wild Harrison texted me the other day. It was like, I've been listening to that Skrillex album that you talked about and it's great. And I was like, yeah. Right. Like I, I love, I, you should post it on the internet for everyone to see. I don't know if you did, but like your <laughs> list of the best albums that you submitted to pitchfork, like, you know, I'm not like getting a clown on mine too much, but mine is a lot more like standard pitchfork fare. But like, that's mm-hmm. also the kind of music I actually listen to a lot, but I respect so much that you were like, <laughs> no Cole plays X and Y. Yeah. Because here's the thing I remember listening to that album When I was a kid And honestly feeling like I was being blasted off Into outer space When I was listening to it It's incredible I re-listened to it recently I have it on vinyl Great on vinyl um, But yeah I listened to it recently And like fuck It's like It's all the things that It's like Coldplay It's the focal point of Coldplay It's like right before They kind of like Venture off Into Viva La Vida Right And all the It really and does And then like Yeah It feels like Parachutes of Russia Blood and, and X and Y Feel like a trilogy Before they yes. move on To a more Is this sound. Is this their modern vampires of the city? Oh my god! Stop. <laughs> but like, I think like I think for me personally, like I don't love Coldplay because I think his lyrics are like a little too cheese. But the, yeah. it's a good it's a good um it's a good comparison to M Night. I think mm-hmm. where it's like this is just music Ooh. that people like 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 it's yeah. well done, well made, well produced music. I mean, Brian Eno's a genius. He wouldn't just like keep working with Coldplay no. for no reason. No. Also, Viva La Vida is great. You great. Another, it is great, great and Coldplay. I don't know. I think that it's just so interesting how taste and all this stuff works. And I think that I think it's Zoomers really are the ones like really kickstarting this whole kind of like you know what mm-hmm. like like when we were kids like we probably liked a lot of garbage music and then we like pretended to hate it as adults to seem like we, so we could like fit in or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Zoomers are like no, I fucking like good. this shit. I think it's good, yeah. and they're just owning it, and it's making me go like you know what. I fucking love S Club 7. Like, I yeah. think that, like, Mandy Moore's got some bangers. Like, you know, yeah, like, does. I'm done pretending like this stuff is bad. And that's why I love being gay, too. Because I feel it's like so we, can, great. we can just pass it off as camp. And then oh, it's yeah. like, you can't touch us. Mm, no, yeah. Cher's Dancing Queen, album of the year. <laughs> I do think I put it on my top ten the year it came out. 
I love that for you. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So I think that M Night is going to be a part of this. Like, it hasn't really touched movies yet. Like, I feel like music. We're really doing a lot of reevaluation, mm-hmm. like you said with Corn and like Limp Bizkit, mm-hmm. and like people being like, "Yo, like new metal's good. Like, fuck all y'all." And I feel like movies are about to do the same thing. And I feel like M Night is the perfect start. Yes, I mean honestly, IndieWire take our piece. We'll write it. Oh yeah, we'll write it. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't think IndieWire would take it, but like Vice no. might. Vice, we'll see. Let's. Yeah, I, I have some contacts at Vice. They didn't take in this um, essay I wrote about eating ass, but it's fine. That's so rude. They literally, so they literally, like, published an essay about a girl getting stoned and eating a copy of David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest. So, yeah, no. hmm. Hmm. Um, hmm. what else is straight about this movie? I think movies with twists is very yeah. straight. I feel like straight people love twists. They love to try to figure out twists. Oh, can my you God. imagine living your life like that? Like just oh. not enjoying things? Like, yeah, people are like, like I, I figured together. out the twist. Uh, I figured it out ten minutes into the movie. I'm like, what are you? Are you thinking about other things than watching a movie? Just watch the fucking movie. Yeah, it's like enjoy it. Like it's like for example, like I feel like Shutter Island is a great example of a movie where mm-hmm. I did figure out the twist like probably like thirty minutes in. Like I or I had a guess. Yeah. Like I was like, I feel like this isn't real. I feel mm-hmm. like he's actually like insane, and this is like some elaborate game, like Michael mm-hmm. Douglas's the game, like esque yes. thing. Um, because I feel like the game was the first movie to really do that, and then when other movies try to be like the game, it's like I can kind of like smell it. I'm like, mm-hmm. you're trying to be like the game. Um, but I still enjoyed Shutter Island. I still think it was good. Like, I don't. Well, that's the thing. Understanding what was about to happen didn't ruin the movie for me. Like, if your movie exists only as a vehicle for the twist, then it's not a movie. Right. It's a tweet. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. And I don't think M. Night tries to make his movies like that. Like, everyone put that on him. I know. Yeah, it's the thing where it's like people people who don't want to watch, they they don't want to watch me. They want to win at a movie. Yeah, that is straight behavior. Like, only straight guys do that. It's like defeat a movie. Just wants to, like, yeah. Like, I'm I'm going to conquer the movie. They have to conquer everything. Bitch, just watch the fucking movie. The only movie that I, I've been in recently that I like, it's also because I fucking hated the movie so much. I thought it was terrible garbage, but um, a movie that I like, figured out the twist really early was Good Night Mommy. Oh, that movie sucks. I was dick. like, this movie is awful. Dude, I hate it so much. Yeah, here, that's a good example of a movie where it's like I was watching it and I was like, this feels like A Tale of Two Sisters because I love mm-hmm. A Tale of Two Sisters, the Korean movie. Yeah. And it has a very similar twist to that. And I, but the difference is that. Intelligence has empathy for its characters and like, mm-hmm. like there's a reason why the little kids have gone psychotic. Like they're traumatized. It's like in this one, it's like literally like these kids are just evil. Yeah, and they're like they're just their mom. bored. Yeah, boring. Like, why? Although I did love their follow up movie, The Lodge. Like The Lodge. See, I Primo. heard that was really bad, but I I've been I've been kind of curious about it. It does have. I mean, she. She has a great one-two punch to the late 2010s, basically five-minute cameos, Alicia Silverstone. I mean, queen. Her scene in Killing of a Sacred Deer is so when she psychotic. When she sucks on Colin Farrell's fingers, <laughs> I was so jealous. Yeah. Oh, uh, my girl. The what, what fat Colin Farrell could do to me, I, like, literally. Oh, my God. I want to be double-teamed by fat Colin Farrell and skinny, hot, young Colin Farrell. Uh, okay, Minority Report Colin Farrell and then fat Colin Farrell. Yeah, so Minority Report Colin Farrell and 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 fat killing of sacred deer Colin Farrell. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, scene bitch. where he's laying on the bed and Nicole Gibbons is right next to him and he has his little boxer shorts on. Oh, oh he's so hot. <laughs> <That scene. laughs> There's something about that man. Have you ever seen his sex tape? 
Are you fucking kidding me? He has a yes. sex tape with a model from like the 2000s. It's incredible. It's so good. I was on Perez Hilton his, at that time. His dick is good. a decent size. You know, speaking of dicks have a decent size, when I was watching the Wood, uh, the Woodstock 99 documentary, Flea, you can see his dick in it, and it's serviceable. I feel like Flea, any man that spends a lot of their time with their shirts off, mm-hmm. I feel like that's BDE for me. Yeah. Like, it's a very old school BDE. Like, it, people really aren't doing that anymore. No. But I feel like from that age group, that's how you knew. That's how It's like feminists with their shirts off constantly. Mm-hmm. Big dicks. Big, big old dicks. Anyone who um, lets Tom York tell them to wear a skirt at ACL? Great. Oh, mama. It's also, see. could you imagine Adams for Peace headlining any music festival, let alone at uh, ACL? It's so funny. It's just that like did. literally. And it's also just funny. I mean, I know Radiohead's like a big band, but it's just funny to think that like Tom York has that much clout that he can like headline a yeah. festival in any iteration. Yeah. Wild, With his like sa- sad ass like piano electronic music. <laughs> Like, get it, girl. Nigel, Nigel Godrich was just playing like a, a Christmas tree made of symbols. Yep. It was one of the one of the great ACL shows. Uh, one of the great so underrated sad. ACL That was during my Coke era, so. I love um, it. <laughs> so I wasn't doing anything other than doing Coke. Um, I love it. Oh, something else straight about this movie. I feel like mm-hmm. the whole entire subplot of like the son really just looking up to his dad is very straight. Oh, yeah. Net, that is that's the most unrealistic part of this movie. Like, honestly, like I literally was like, I get that like straight. Do they do they look up to their dads? Does anyone look so. up to their dad? I think straight people do like they their dads. Do? I think so. I mean, like, I love my dad and all, but I I, I never was like, hey, dad, superhero. Let me yeah. help you do weights in the, our basement gym. Like, yeah, I never, what? I never I helped like, my dad work video out. Games. I don't want to yeah. fucking help you lift weights. That sounds boring as fuck. I mean, I, I feel like it's just like my father is such a hero. You wouldn't even understand. I was, like, trying to understand it. I feel like it was a little underwritten because it was, like, yeah. maybe is like, are you, like, bullied at school for being, like, a pipsqueak? Are you, like, <laughs> like are, is, are you, like, embarrassed that your dad's, like, a security guard? Like, I just felt like there was nothing to really back up why he was so obsessed with his dad being a superhero. I guess yeah. because his parents were getting divorced. I feel like that might have been the angle. Yeah, that's it's so the funny watching movies from this era because they're so hardcore about, like, divorce being this, like, horrible thing like i feel yep. like when boomers made movies about divorce it was very like this is the <laughs> end of the nuclear family unit and then we watched mm-hmm. the shit as children of divorce and we're like i mean <laughs> yep. this is just normal this is just a, this is what people do yeah it's a thing i mean one of the all-time great divorce movies is mrs doubtfire one of our one of oh, our one finest great, divor- great divorce movies great divorce movies well because it's like kramer versus kramer is like such a touchstone for like boomer cinema Right, because it was, like, the first movie to really explore, like, what it would, was like when people got divorced. It's so mm-hmm. funny to think that there was a time when divorce was, like, taboo, and now it's, oh, like, yeah. everyone just be well, getting divorced. Well, there's that song called D-I-V-O-R-C-E, because that's how you talk about it in front of your kids. That's so you- funny. I, I remember when my, when my parents got divorced when I was, like, 16, so I was, like, prime, like, acting out age, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remembered being, like... Duh! Like I was like, yeah. I don't know why y'all waited this long. And then I when know. they did it, they were like, "We're really sorry. Here's a bunch of shit. Here's like, let's like buy you a bunch oh. of shit." And I was like, "This is lit." And then I could yeah. sleep over at my friends. I, my parents were really strict growing up, and I was able to like sleep over at friends' houses on weekday nights. I could basically mm-hmm. go do whatever I wanted. I was like, "This is awesome." Like I, yeah, I, my parents got divorced when I was seventeen. Exact same. Thing. Oh my god, I, I didn't know that it was. Ass. We were both yeah, teenage, oh god, teenage divorce kids. Oh, I love. It's uh, the best. And they think it that you're like, rules. they're like, she was like, my mom's like reading books. 
But she was like, yeah. oh my God, like I'm like really looking out like for these yeah. signs because I'm like really worried about y'all's psychological well-being. And me and my sister were like, this is lit. Like I literally yeah. don't care. <laughs> like other like, than the fact that she made us move out of that house that I loved that I grew up in, like yeah. outside of that, like I was chilling. I was like, Mom, I was hooking up with dudes on Craigslist at this time. Oh yeah, and that's also when I was like coming out and shit. So I was like, girl, yeah. I got I girl, I'm you doing think- I'm doing drugs. Like I'm like hooking up. Mm-hmm. I remember I lied to my mom and said the reason why I was doing a lot of drugs is because I was upset about the divorce. When in actuality, <laughs> I was just a dumb ass that wanted to do drugs. Like I just, I, it hurt me to tell her that I was just an idiot. I love it. So I was like, I had to give her a reason. <laughs> Fuck yeah! God, I love, I love having. I'm so glad that we grew up the age where I feel like we were like literally the last like three to four years where it was like hard to be gay in high school. We were, and you know, I and I. <laughs> Get to be This is crazy But I went to prom With my boyfriend Like His senior year And I was a freshman In college Mm -hmm. And Like We went They changed the rules That year Shit Um And we went And people like Stared at us Like it was awkward But we fucking lived Because we loved it Um We loved it Because that's the thing When you're gay Like when you're Like our age group gay It's like you had to learn To love it Or else It was just gonna make Your life harder on you So I would just like Embrace the hate and be like, yes, like keep looking, bitch, like, you know. And I, I like literally took pictures like in a group. Like my parents were there, his parents were there, my grandma I was there. Like I legitimately am like, damn, like I might be one of the only gay people that ever got to have that experience. I mean, I'm sure more of them have it now. But oh, yeah. At that time, it was like unheard of. It was like t- 2010 when I did that. Yeah. So born this way wasn't out yet. Born this way changed everything. It Honestly, really did. It Glee really did. And born this way. Yeah, because what Glee starts in like two thousand nine. Glee started so, like, it, even though that show's yeah. garbage. Um, it but is yes, garbage. yeah, I didn't come out until I was twenty one or I was twenty. I mean, good for you, girl. Like, I, I mean, I I knew by like, I mean, like most of us, I knew like twelve, thirteen that I wanted to suck a mm-hmm. dick for sure. But oh, I yeah. put it off, bitch. And I literally, mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend. We had sex. Like, I mm-hmm. was. I'm not a gold star gay. Like, I like really tried. And what's so funny is no one was like unsupportive. Like in my general. Like, Same. like my mom and my dad, like I was a little worried about my dad, but my mom, I knew was going to be chill with it because she had gay friends growing up. Yeah. Well, my uncle's gay. Yeah. So yeah, I was yeah, like, you told me that. I could have just done this. So I could have come out like in, when I was 14 whenever I like figured it out. Oh my God. I, I, we're having our like getting ready uh, for drag race, like elimination I know. Day <laughs> conversation right now. Um, I know, yeah. I'm putting on my eye. So how did you feel coming out? Miss? What is your drag name? Oh, it's, um, oh my God. It's so good. How did I forget it? I know. Fuck. Oh my god, someone remind me. I don't remember. Shit. We gotta go back to the Twitch, the other Twitch. Shit. Oh my god. Oh, it's Wait, uh, no. Polly and Marie. So, Polly, when did you come out? And are your family supportive? Well, Kim, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was um it was funny because I think the reason why, and I don't know if you relate to this, but mm. I think the reason why I put it off for so long is because I didn't want everyone to be right. Because everyone yes, growing exactly up like, it. All the time, like from six yes. years old onward, we're like, you're gay, you're gay, you're yeah. gay, you act gay, mm-hmm. you like girly, like blah, blah, blah. And it annoyed me. I was like, yeah. shut up. Like, yeah. like, and I remember going home to school from school and my parents being like, what the fuck are all these little kids talking about being gay for? Like, no one ever talked about that kind of shit when we were growing up. No one talked about that yeah. shit at all. She said, this is so weird. They would like call me like, you know, fag and like girly and all this other mm-hmm. shit. I like used to dance as a kid. I quit, which is so stupid because I have a dancer's body. Oh God! I'm so. My mom told me that she almost signed me up for dance, but I should have kept doing it. But I didn't like. I was getting made fun of, Mm -hmm. and then I started doing theater, and I didn't want to like fit into that stereotype either. And there were straight guys in my theater group. Like most of them were straight, so I like I I was able to kind of like, you know, be like, oh, I'm one of you guys. And 
I just tried really, really hard. Like, really, really mm-hmm. hard. Even, like, fucked a girl. Like, I was, like, yeah. really, really wanted to be straight for some reason, even though I there was really nothing holding me back. Like, and then when I came out, I was, it was such a relief. I'm kind of glad I put it off, yeah. honestly, because finally doing it, you know, for the first time, it was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, this is, like, whole new yeah. world crazy. Like, oh, shit, I understand. Love songs now. Understand, like, what yeah. sex is supposed to feel like now. Like, it was cool. I don't it's know. Cool. So, um, so people that come out ever, late, late in life or put it off, like, hey, girl, like, it's okay. Kind of, you do it. I, I don't think I've ever told the story ever before. I mean, it, this is a first time pod it, exclusive. So the first time I ever kissed a girl, mm-hmm. I was in middle school. I was at a band, a UIL band competition in Lumberton, Texas, and we were on the tennis courts. Like Lord. Made, like Lord, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, and... I was like, let's make out. Let's do it. And I like, I had, let's listen to some music. Pull up my CD player. And the only CD I had in there was Little Earthquakes by Tori Amos. Shut the fuck up. I can't believe you've never told anyone this. So we made out to Winter by Tori Amos. Stop. <laughs> if, like, honestly, you might not have been gay before that moment, but that made uh, you That's gay. what it did. Yeah, I was like, nope. <laughs> that is so funny, Dylan. My <laughs> first make out was also in middle school. It's like eighth grade, I think. And I made out. This is the straightest thing I've ever done. Like I, like I said, I tried really hard. Try. I made out with this girl to Jack Johnson's banana pancakes. <laughs> that <laughs> from the Curious George soundtrack? No, no, no. I think it was on um, it was on that In Between Days album with the tree on the cover. Beautiful. But they might have also used in Curious Shorts. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was what your boy did. I also I like. That. I think I've mentioned this before, but I, I lost my virginity like after watching Children of Men. So I really <laughs> was really trying. Like, I was like, I'm a, I'm a pro. <laughs> like, <laughs> this thoughtful sci-fi movie where Julianne Moore dies twenty minutes into it. Well, I guess Ugh. when you say it like that, it sounds kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, my speaking God. of uh, God Girl, gays. this is such a deranged episode. I, love I it, know. Though. It's been like 15 minutes. We're keeping, I'm keeping all of it. In. Oh, please. I think the people are going to want to know. They're going to know. It's like backstory. This this is our superhero origin story yeah, of our. Yeah. Bitch. There she goes. Yes. There we are. Um, Is there anything gay in this movie? Barely. Yes. Barely. There's one and a half things. I do think whenever Mr. Glass yells at the art collector uh, because he's like, I'm going to buy this for my son. And Mr. Glass is like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, this You're is art. Kid. This is art, bitch. Okay. Oh it's my like God. when people put, there's that TikTok trend earlier in the year and people were like dancing to life without buildings. I'm like, do you understand what this fucking song is? <laughs> do you know who like, the fuck life without buildings is? You oh bitch. my God, Dylan. Me? That is the most Dylan thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, I do think, I don't know if it's gay or not, but I do think the scene where <laughs> the son tries to, fucking merc Bruce Willis with a gun so good so good that scene is a great example of what M. Night Shyamalan does best and worst like it's like Mm -hmm. simultaneous to me where it's like in his quest to write I feel like realistic familial dialogue it sometimes come ac- comes across very strange. Yes. So that scene where they're like trying to convince, they're like trying to gaslight him and be like, you're g- going to be in big trouble if you shoot that gun. Mm-hmm. People that shoot guns don't, don't have friends. Right, honey? <laughs> She's like, yeah. And I'm like, I literally was laughing. I was like, that yeah, is the most insane dialogue I've ever heard. But I, I get why he did it. It's like, yeah. it's, He's so in tune, I feel like, with, like, this kind of childlike whimsy. Like, that's why mm-hmm. so much of, like, Haley's dialogue in The Sixth Sense is so good. Like, yes. 
but at the same time, it's almost like it's almost too real that it comes <laughs> yeah. across weird. Because that's I, also like, well, there's a lot of like children talking in uh, in old, mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes the scenes where they grow up to be older. Very uncomfortable. Very are like, Oh, I want. I'm scared, mommy. Yeah, and they're like, it's like 15 years old. You're like, this is weird. <laughs> it's Alex from Hereditary talking about how he's skewed. Oh my uh, god. Well, that's basically his character from Hereditary. Like people yeah. clowned him on the internet for being like such a little like bitch. But I actually loved that about his performance. Yes. Oh yeah. I was like, that's if great. my dead sister that I killed was <laughs> haunting us, I too would be crying. Oh bitch. Yes. Oh. I'd yeah. be like, oh shit. Oh no. <laughs> Fuck, not this stupid bitch again. I thought I took her out the first time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the only gay shit. Not even Robin Wright. Like, we no, love you, Queen. God, what a... She... Poor Robin. You could have replaced her with an upturned broom. You literally, anyone could play that role. It was yeah. the most boring... It might be one of the worst written secondary female characters I've ever seen in a movie. Like, in just terms of, like, he didn't even, like, try to give her a character. No. I did love the detail, though, of her being stalked by Mr. Glass, and she was so chill with it. Yes. She's like, oh, by the way, that Mr. Glass guy that's stalking our family came by work today. Huh. It was weird. That was, was fun. weird. Hmm. Okay. Like, that, again, that's what I love about him. It's like all the things that most people would do in a movie, like, be like, you need to stop talking to this guy. This is fucking weird. Like, I'm scared for my family. Like, that, that's usually the way it would have been played. He just completely skips all that. He's like, yeah. no, this family's it's cool fine. with it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's <sighs> That's it, though. That's the only gay it's shit. It's a movie about two men being obsessed with each other, and it's Honestly. still straight. Like, how weird is that? <laughs> what if they ever kiss at a certain part? Like, they're just right up against each other. And but like, I don't think anyone glass. wants to see that. Like, they're I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it either, really. Well, that's the that's the thing about M. Night, think, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. It's so straight. Yeah. Like, it's just... Any other movie, like, I, two men <laughs> in two a room just... together, I'm like, kiss, kiss, kiss. Not only two men that are obsessed with each other, two men obsessed with each other's bodies. Like, specifically their bodies. Straight. He's like, wow, your superhuman strength, daddy. Oh, you're so fragile. Like, whenever you fell down the stairs, you fell apart like your weird little glass cane. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow, we were really reaching. We were, like, we're so not horny during the movie that we have to make up for it now. <laughs> Mr. Glass is like, can you stop, Robert? I'm walking down the, I'm walking down the stairs, and I can't walk that fast because of my brittle bone. Because at least signs had the lesbian sheriff. That they forced to hit on Mel Gibson. It's like no one is falling for Cherry Jones (laughs) on Mel Gibson right now. Why are we doing this? Wait, Cherry Jones is the sheriff, right? So who plays his wife? Because his wife, doesn't she get hit by the car in the the tree? She's like cut in half. And the way, like, it's so serious. But like Cherry Jones says, right now, I know this is a lot to take in, but right now the car is the only thing keeping her body together. And they, she says it with the deadest. And I'm just like, this is not, that's not real. No. Is Cherry Jones real? having no. her, we're going to go on, I promise I will come back. But Cherry Jones also and uh, Aaron Brockovich, great uh, she's, she had a great role. I don't even remember Aaron Brockovich. She was like the one bitch who wouldn't sign the thing. She was like, I love She seems like she played that character. Yeah, she's great. And then she eventually does. It's great. I was just thinking, uh, about, I feel like all of other M. Night Shyamalan's movies have a gayness to them. Uh, now that I'm really thinking about it, and this is the only one that's really, like, really straight. Because The Sixth Sense, I mean, that scene with Tony Collette and Haley. I mean, Tony Collette. Is gay canon. Like, it's like yes. literally all of us can recite it. Yep. <laughs> 
she said you danced like an angel. And she's like, <laughs> she proud of me. Like with her like Philly accent. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh. And then like the village lady in the water. I don't, I don't mean, need to explain yeah. it. And again, the happening is camp. Is Last old, Airbender. does old have gay vibes? Okay. So the thing I'm obsessed with. I mean, Gael has old. a shirt off in it. So. Oh yeah. No, there's, there's a bunch of gay shit in, uh, in old. Uh, there's this woman who looks like very young Goldie Hawn who's like on the beach that makes you old um, but there's a part in the very beginning it has nothing to do with the beach but she's like they're in the resort and uh, Vicky Creeps goes can you believe I found this on the internet my favorite favorite line on purposely just cast people with accents to play I th- well yeah like, just like, for it to seem weird <laughs> it's Gael Garcia Bernal and Vicky Creeps like accenting each other I love that it's fantastic that's gay it's gay. Oh yeah, old, old is old is gay. Gael is old. so hot, and um, he's so. I, this is not really narcissistic to follow this up with my next statement, but I've been told before that I look kind of like him. I can see that. I don't get it as much now that I wear glasses, but when mm-hmm. I used to not wear glasses, I used to get it quite a bit. To the you point, have a strong brow. Yeah, we've like if you look especially like here up, like nose mm-hmm. and eyes, like it's pretty yep. similar. Yeah, um, but I think the the funniest story I have about that is I once I was at the old cheerups on E sixth, RIP, and this girl came up to me, like all nervous, and I was like, "Hi," and she's like, "Hey," and I was like, "She was like, what's your name?" And I go, "Kirk," and she goes, mm-hmm. "No, it's not," and I go, "Yes, it is," and she <laughs> goes, "You're not," and I'm like, "What?" and she's like, "You're not Gael Garcia Bernal, right?" and I was like, <laughs> "No," and she's like, "Oh," she's like, "Well, I just like." Mustered up all my courage to come over here and say hi to you and all my friends over there like think you're Gael Garcia Bernal. So can I take a picture with you and lie to them? And I said, sure. So I took a picture <laughs> with this girl pretending to be Gael Garcia Bernal. <laughs> uh, it was so yeah. weird. I was like, it was so, he's also much older than me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I was probably be, yeah. like 22 or 23 when that happened. And he's like probably already in his 30s at that point. Yeah. Like how old is Gael? Let's I also have this. no accent. No, I'm not Mexican or Latin in any way. He is born in 78. Yeah, I mean, I'm pleased. He's a good-looking guy. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm not upset by the comparison, but it's also just really strange to me. Yeah. <sighs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, speaking of Cheer Up Charlies, do we ever have a gay recommendation for you? I think there's one. There's nothing remotely similar. There's no, like, gay version of Unbreakable unless you count, like, Obsessed. Uh, <laughs> actually, obsessed. Yeah, obsessed. We've already used it, though, did haven't we? We've already used it. We yeah. can't use it. Um, but I was going to say the gayest in my Shyamalan. We went through everything he ever did, leaving out one thing. Yeah, we did. We is, didn't bring this up at all. We didn't bring it up. It's his one television show on Apple TV+. Plus. It's called Servant, There's bitch. Nothing gayer than taking a really great actress like Lauren Ambrose and making her a bad actor. <laughs> and making her... Play. She she plays um, with the excitement of a, of a like of a porcelain doll. She's like she the like Jan a, of the show. She is incredibly Jan. Yes, it's incredible. It's two seasons. It's set in Philly. Great house porn. Uh, Lauren Ambrose plays a um, TV anchor, and they show scenes of her. Not anchor. She's like a reporter. And the best scene in the entire movie or series is um, it's. The her nanny that's obsessed with her is watching because she keeps DVDs of every single of, of every single like TV newscast she's on. So they have this like vast library of DVDs of uh, Lauren Ambrose talking for six minutes, and um, she's watching it. And it's just Lauren Ambrose describing um, what happens to the sewers underneath Philly 
or, uh, whenever you don't uh, properly dispose of kitchen oil and use flushable wipes. And her <laughs> her nanny is just like watching her like fully all about Eve. It's so great. That sounds really gay and campy. Yeah, Lorne Rose is <laughs> surrounded by literal shit. And she's like, this is what happens to you when your story backs up or whatever. And it's so stupid. I love it. I'm obsessed. I need to keep watching. I watched the first episode and I thought it was the most deranged thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, I don't like it. It's both incredibly boring and very stupid and very campy. I love it. <laughs> it does sound like all the things you like in one thing. <laughs> it's boring, long, and dumb. <laughs> um, I have a, a, a chaotic pick. Do you want to watch a comic book movie? That's gay. Oh, yeah. That also oh, yeah. has a scene where somebody is critical of art that's not made by masters and instead is like cartoons or comic-y. And that of would course. be the amazing 2000 film, another movie that came out in 2000. Ooh. Ghost World, baby. Ghost World. Oh, yes, mama. This movie has so much in common with Unbreakable. Let me tell you. Let's go. It's also about a girl who becomes obsessed with someone that's very different from her. This mm-hmm. older record collector man. Okay. And she's also criticized for liking comics and cartoons by her art teacher. And it, I'm, I'm reaching here. And it features um, Scarlett Johansson doing nothing, just like Robin Wright. There you go. <laughs> love it. But, I love it. But the way Scarlett Johansson gives us nothing like is perfect in the movie. Exactly. She gets it's really excited like about in, cups. And <laughs> un- Unbreakable where it's like every 20 minutes Robin Wright shows up. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot there's a woman in this movie. Yeah, it's like that with Scarlett in the movie. Great. Like, oh yeah, she's like a best friend. Oh yeah. This isn't That's just fun. about her and Steve Buscemi almost blanking. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love it. Two good choices this week. Yeah, I agree. Good, good choices. Is Servant uh, on Litterboxd? It could, it's a TV series. Sometimes so. TV series are on there if they're like, it had a second season though, didn't it? It did. I feel like they only do it if it had one season or if it's a miniseries and that's it. Oh yeah, no. Two seasons. Two perfect seasons. Well, speaking of two perfect seasons, that's the end of this episode? I don't know. Is this the uh, end of our second season? No. I'm end of the episode. Yeah, we're ending season two. Where did season one start? We're not telling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My well, name is Dylan This was really Gar. fun. This was fun. This is a good app. I'm glad yeah. we did it. Yeah. And too. next week, we're going to have a guest. Oh yeah, our, our, we're we're skipping royal tea, right? Yes, we'll do that next week. What are we doing next week again? Training day. Oh, that's right, with the yeah. Ethan Hawke guy. Ethan Hawke guy. Ooh. <laughs> we won't tell you which Ethan Hawke guy it is. What if it's Ethan Hawke? What if it's Ethan Hawke himself? What if it's <laughs> Ethan you... Hawke's daughter Maya Hawke? Oh my God! What if it? Is? We got Maya Hawke and Margaret Qualley, and um, what if we got them? <laughs> we got. Maya Hawk, Margaret Qualley, and uh, Zoe Kravitz. Done. <laughs> Love oh, it. That sounds like a fun time. Uh, I mean, it sounds like a fun time in the movies. We would watch. Um, I love Lawrence nepotism of Arabia. So, what's that? I love nepotism personally. So, oh, same. Oh, yeah. We were we're pro nepotism on this podcast. Yeah. Um, th- except that new Clara album is boring. Oh, Clara's new album is so boring. <laughs> it's like I literally texted like, his dude and I was like, this sounds like Phoebe Bridgers meets Fiona Apple's like early stuff, but like really boring. And she mm-hmm. has no character in her singing voice. It's like, she no. sounds so bored when she's singing. Yes. People are like, it's actually supposed to be really low key and it's supposed to be like a yeah, Laura but Cannon you can also album. have emotion when you sing, even if it's yeah, low Mama. key. Cat yeah. power. Hello. Hello. 
Ugh, so we're annoying. seeing her at Pitchfork Fest. Well, I'm going to see Cat Power open for Alanis Morrison and Garbage. I know, Liz I'm so Fair fucking canceled. jealous. Oh, my God. I'm sad uh, that I'm not going to get to see Liz Fair, but also Cat yeah. Power is a, a great replacement. She's so. iconic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I got to wrap up because that's more to be. But my name is Dylan Garcia. You can follow me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia, on Instagram at Garcid, and letterboxd.garcid. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle, and you can find me on Letterboxd, Instagram, and Twitter at K-R-K-V-N-S-C-K-L-E. And follow our Instagram and Twitter, Straight People Movies, S-T-R-8-P-P-L Movies. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> do that. Um, I'm using Google Podcasts now. It's a very good podcast yeah. service, and we are on it. So we, we recommend Anchor, new one, that's not Google Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Spotify, just not Apple Podcasts. Not Apple Podcasts, because they're homophobic. Thank you so much. Yeah, because they're homophobic and they hate us. Yep. Racists. All right. <laughs> Why did I say that? All right. Y'all have a great night. And out came talk. 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 What kind of fag it runs around in a Christmas sweater? There it is. It's perfect. What? I like that. She's like, what? Because it's not even a derogatory thing to us. She's like, what kind of faggot? Yes. She's like, we're working in this framework of faggots. Um, like, it's already. Specifically. She's like, you're a faggot. Like, we're not um, debating that. No, 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 she's no. saying, what kind of faggot kind. runs around with a Christmas sweater? What kind? And I think what she's trying to say is a stupid, silly, dumb faggot. Um. <laughs>